This hearing has made clear some of the problems that we, that real problems that we see at our border and across our country. So we I'm going to put this clip in context at the very end of the episode. We'll come full circle. Jim Jordan, the absolute man. And we're also going to look at how George Soros just gave Donald John Trump the candidate for 2024 President of the United States a huge gift. We've got several stories and news items in this episode. No matter where you're watching or listening to this, there are timestamps below for you to zero in on the story that you want to hear. Let's get started. Welcome to Open Source News. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and turn on the notifications bell so you don't miss out on real news. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Let's start off with some good news here, folks. Let's start off with some good news, especially when it comes to crazy governments and them trying to cancel everyone and their continued war, animus, hatred toward black conservatives. This is coming out of Georgia. The Georgia Senate passed legislation that is going to erect a statue honoring U.S. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas at the Georgia State Capitol. It's now going to the House of Representatives. And this is a good sign because it's dominated by Republicans and Georgia has a supposed Republican governor. So this should get signed. So this is pretty good news. Epic Times is reporting. Georgia State Senate passed legislation on Valentine's to erect a statue honoring U.S. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas at the state capitol in Atlanta, despite the impassioned objections of Democratic lawmakers. As I have said over and over again, the true racists in this country are the Democrat, the Democratic Party, and liberals. Thomas, just in case you didn't know, a black man, has long been the target of the left for his conservative constitutionalist views and has been bitterly denounced by Democrats for years, often in offensive racial terms. This is the Epic Times I'm reading from. They know the score as well. True racists are on the left. The GOP controlled Georgia Senate approved Senate Bill 69 by 32 to 20 in a party line vote as the Democrats withdrew a proposed amendment that would have also mandated a statue of the late Representative John Lewis, a civil rights era activist who died in 2020. The Thomas Monument would be paid for with private funds. State Senator Ben Watson, a Savannah Republican who is sponsoring the statue legislation, said Thomas has worked hard his life, struggled, and overcome steep odds. The liberal Democrats hate anyone that has pulled themselves up by the bootstraps as a black man. I can't tell you the animus that I have felt throughout my life and continue to feel. For instance, one of the platforms that you're most likely watching this on, it's my largest current platform, YouTube has done everything possible to crush this channel for the simple sin of having the channel name being Black Conservative Patriot. 
If you're on YouTube, have fun with me. Go in and type Black Conservative P. And even though we have over 600,000 subscribers and have been at that, you know, they've capped us. They just don't want us to grow any, any more than the 640 or whatever that we have. Type it in. You'll see all kinds of results. But most likely, this channel won't even pop up until you actually type in Black Conservative Patriot. Other people who came after me, kind of riding on the coattails of the names of this channel, they'll show you videos from several years ago, but I won't come up because there is nothing worse to the liberal establishment than a breakdown to their narrative. And Justice Thomas is a breakdown to their narrative. Uh, ben Carson, breakdown to their narrative. Who else uh, ran for uh, president? Herman Cain, breakdown to their narrative. And they went after Herman Cain the same way that they went after Justice Thomas. It's a despicable thing. You go after a black man with some sort of uh, attack that he's some sort of sexual predator. And people wonder why I won't run for politics. They couldn't play that with me. Been married to the same woman for 26 years since in my early 20s. There's nothing they could get on me. But it doesn't matter. Brett Kavanaugh had a stellar reputation for being above board with women, with hiring more women and giving more women opportunity in the, in the world of uh, the judiciary law world. And they still came after something, made him seem like a predator with their uh, Dr. Chevy, uh, a, a CIA planted operative. And they had to go way back and invent something from high school. But they went that route. Despite Justice Thomas' impressive track record, he was smeared by Georgia Democrats showing their true Dixiecrat Democrat Southern roots. Georgia Senator Emanuel Jones smeared Justice Thomas as an Uncle Tom, which of course is a racist epithet for any black man who they deem to be white because he did it by himself, not by handouts or identity politics or uh, any of the other ways that the liberals want to take credit for the government helping black people. Quotas, affirmative action, the like. Now, of course, one thing that they didn't talk about is how, I don't know, Justice Thomas actually represents many of the black conservative views. It's so funny, when you start talking to black families who are overwhelmingly Christian, not all, but there's a lot of Christian black people start to break things down that they're just voting Democrat because of rhetoric and because of tradition, not because of politics. So there you have it. I, I said this is going to be good news. So let's keep it on a uh, let's keep it on a positive note. We're going to get a statue to Justice Thomas. Looks like in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, Senator Marco Rubio is joining the chorus of voices 
for the ousting of Pete Buttigieg. If they were trying to set him up for a possible primary run and possible puppet for the Democratic Party to be in the Oval Office, it's, it's turned out to be a disaster. It's like, Pete, they gave you one job. Just be transportation secretary. Just be transportation secretary. But failure after failure, whether contrived, planned, actual accidents or whatever, on everything from the railroad strikes to the backup, uh, the continued backup at the ports, and now these train derailments, shooting down of civilian aircraft. I guess I went far on the transportation. But the one in Ohio has been an absolute disaster, and he has been AWOL. He has been invisible throughout this whole thing. So, Senator Marco Rubio is saying, yeah, he's got to go. Because the stinkiness is starting at the head. Washington Examiner says, Ohio train derailment, Rubio demands Biden fire Buttigieg. Senator Marco Rubio demanded that President Joe Biden ask for the resignation of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg over his handling of the East Palestine-Ohio train derailment. While focusing on the train derailment as an example of Buttigieg's gross level of incompetence and apathy, Rubio alleged that the only way, the only, Rubio alleged that it was only the latest example of a two-year pattern. Yeah, folks, it's not just incompetence. It has been apathy, right? Oh, I was on parental leave. Therefore, I can't do my job. And I don't really care about you little people. For two years, Secretary Buttigieg downplayed and ignored crisis after crisis while prioritizing topics of little relevance to our nation's transportation system. This is in the letter that Rubio wrote, so Biden. It is painfully clear to the American people that Secretary Buttigieg has little regard for the duties of the Secretary of Transportation. He goes on to say that Rubio, uh, Rubio goes on to say that he grossly mismanaged the train derailment in Ohio and just contributed to the scale of the disaster. Quote, at no time has this been more apparent than the past few weeks, two weeks, Secretary Buttigieg refused to acknowledge the disaster in East Palestine, Ohio, until his intentional ignorance was no longer tenable. Even after acknowledging the tragedy, he continues to deflect any accountability for the safety of our nation's rail system. Remember, I played, played for you or uh, shared with you in a previous recent report that Pete Buttigieg blamed Trump's policies, which were the result of a 2015 policy when Obama was in office. The circumstances leading up to the derailment point to a clear lack of oversight and demand engagement by our top, nation's top transportation official, he continues. And of course, Joe Biden most likely is thinking, come on, man. People are just the smartest guy I know after my son. He's got this. I'm loosely translating what the age-riddled mind of Joe Biden's most probable response to this would be. All right, let's go back to Georgia and let's go back to another black politician. This time, not the great Justice Clarence Thomas, but the great grifter and moneymaker and continually losing and somehow 
a household name, Stacey Abrams. The other the other person who's a consistent loser on the national stage, but still is a, a house uh, is is little O Francis O'Rourke, aka Better O'Rourke. But this time we're talking about Stacey Abrams and her charity New Georgia Project. Now, if she were a Republican, she'd be in jail. Why? or under a huge investigation. Why? Because she has a huge tax problem. According to a new investigative report, the Stacey Abrams charity, New Georgia Project, is <clears throat> missing, missing, I'm doing air quotes here for those of you listening to this podcast. A new investigative report, the group is missing about half a million dollars. Now, of course, that's hard to sweep as a an accounting error. It's possibly uh, a crime, yeah. Now, if you're not aware, in the world of taxes and nonprofits and 501Cs, they are highly regulated. So you don't just accidentally misplace or not account for thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and sure as hell, not half a million dollars. Once again, huge kudos to the Washington Free Beacon. Stacey Abrams' charity has a $500,000 problem in its latest tax filing. Over half a billion dollars is missing from the New Georgia Project, a discrepancy which experts say is grounds for state and federal investigations into the Stacey Abrams founder group and the woman Abrams tapped to run it. I'm stopping reading the article there. Just to let you know, this is not going to happen because if you attack... In the, in the public space, the faux pas, the mistakes, or the crimes of a black politician or would-be black politician. Stacey Abrams was in the Georgia, the, 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 the Georgia state, uh, she was a Georgia state politician, but she has been a failure on the national stage or, you know, becoming the governor. But if you go after Stacey Abrams then you are racist. Why? Doesn't matter if you have a legitimate beef with her politics, her policies, or her actions. If you go after a black Democrat, you are a racist. If you are white and go after a black conservative or Republican, then you are okay. Yes, it's called the double standard and it's been around since the beginning of time. So here's a, a little bit of the details. The New Georgia Project filed its 2021 Form 990 financial disclosure in January, two months after the form was due to the IRS, and three months after the charity's board fired CEO Nessie Ufot, Abrams' handpicked leader for the group. Because they're, they're late in their filing, and it was after the person was fired, uh, uh, their CEO. It shouldn't matter. The CEO is not the CFO. So that firing should have nothing have nothing to do with the actual filing. In the disclosure, the New Georgia Project reports 533,846 consulting payment and a 6,500 grant to the Blackmail Initiative, an obscure charity run by, that's right, Ufut's brother, another former New Georgia Project employee. But the Blackmail Initiative says it never received any such consulting payment. The group provided the Washington Free Beacon with its IRS financial disclosures, which showed collected zero in, con- in consulting income and just 255000 in contributions from all, all sources 
in 2021. Yeah. But of course, nothing's going to happen. Nothing is going to happen. Speaking of resignations, this platform, YouTube, uh, their CEO, Susan Wojcicki, I can't remember her name right, Wojcicki, Susan W., resigned day, uh, she just resigned, and it was a day after the House GOP issued subpoenas to big tech CEOs. Now, what's really interesting is YouTube didn't receive that subpoena because YouTube is a subsidiary of Google's parent company, Alphabet, and Susan Wojcicki was not listed on the list of subpoena CEOs. But the day after the, C- the, the House GOP issued subpoenas, for big tech CEOs at Alphabet, the parent company, Amazon, Apple, Meta, and Microsoft, she steps down. And why, oh my gosh, anytime someone steps down from a position, they always give the same excuse or the same reasons or the same rationale. She says she is stepping down to focus on her family, health, and personal projects. Gotta give it to Susan W., she, she went past, it's usually, I, I want to spend more time with my family. And then like two months later, they're doing something else that is very, is the same time commitment as whatever they left. Or they're trying to avoid a scandal. I don't know what's going on here. Hopefully this is good news. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, the, the the chief product officer, Neil Mohan, is, will be taking over the position in the interim. So I don't, they're not bringing someone from the outside. I imagine it's going to be the same suppression of conservative speech on this platform. It'll be business as usual. I hope not. And if anyone works at YouTube, can you like turn off the little algorithm that's uh, crushing conservatives, especially black conservatives like yours truly? Just let it be organic. Give us the same fair treatment you do everyone else. So there you have it. There you have it. Uh, by the way, if you're worried about Joe Biden's health, don't. He's fit for duty. Eight-year-old President Joe Biden has been declared healthy and fit for duty after a physical examination this week, which included removing lesions from his chest. Boy, does that sound nasty. White House physician Kevin O'Connor said in a summary of the health exam that the president remains fit for duty and fully executes all of his responsibilities without any exemptions or accommodations. One small lesion on the president's chest was excised today and sent for traditional biopsy, Reuters reported. The summary also said that the president does not appear to be experiencing symptoms associated with uh, the long form of the virus that is uh, stiff gait has not worsened And during his recent physical, uh, the president had small skin growth removed from his face and head using liquid nitrogen. Of course, (laughs) this did not, these battery of tests at all did not include any sort of cognitive testing for Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., which of course is the most obvious sign that he is in fact not fit for duty. For instance, he's shooting down every damn thing in the sky. 
By the way, folks, this is probably a good time for me to welcome you to the BCP podcast, the open source edition. I am your host, Black Sort of Patriot, but you can just call me James. Let me uh, pay the bills here, folks. We don't take on sponsors, but let me just remind you that what really helps us out, if you're watching this on YouTube, is to like, share, and subscribe, and put your comments down below. Your engagement does help us with the algorithm. Pretty much helps us at least be exposed to more of our subscriber base. Don't forget that we have a second sister YouTube channel, The BCP Report. Links to everything I'm mentioning are in the description box down below if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're watching or listening to this uh, on Spotify, it's in the uh, episode notes. And anywhere that you're listening to this podcast, all of these things I'm mentioning are in the episode notes. And don't forget that we have another program called BCP Unfiltered. It's available on all the platforms where we carry our show, the BCP Podcast. It's available everywhere except on YouTube. The easiest way to access it is to go over to, if you want to watch it in video format, is go over to therealbcp.com or go over to bcpextras.com. You can also watch the video version of BCP Unfiltered on Spotify and you can listen to it as a podcast on all major podcasting platforms. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Audible, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Stitcher, etc. Okay. So I was talking about how Joe Biden is shooting every damn thing out of the sky. And uh, an Illinois-based hobbyist group is concerned that one of their small globe-trotting balloons was one of the ones shot down. It's uh, missing in action. The Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade is not yet pointing fingers at the federal government, but the group has reason to believe its Pico balloon may have been one of the three mystery objects shut down, shot down by Air Force fighters last week after discovering and shooting down a Chinese spy balloon. Now, here's, here's from Aviation week, uh, week. This is their detail. The club's silver-coated party-style Pico balloon reported its last position on February 10th at 38,910 feet off the west coast of Alaska after a popular forecasting tool projected the cylindrical-shaped object would be floating high over the central part of the Yukon Territory on February 11th. That is the same day a Lockheed Martin shot down an unidentified object of similar description and altitude in the same general region. So, let me just cut to the chase. I laughed at this, but uh, we sent a $400,000 $400,000 missile. That's what I read the, the, the missile costs. Um, to shoot down this balloon. 400,000. 400,000 US smackaroos, dollars, ducats. Scientific Balloon Solutions founder Ron Meadows said the FBI and the military gave him the runaround when he tried to inform them about the Pico balloons, which can, which can usually be purchased for 12 to $180. $400,000 missile to shoot down a $180 Pico balloon, if in fact that is a balloon that got shot down. Of course, he's Meadows said that he's getting, uh, he's the founder of Scientific 
balloon solutions. He's saying he's getting the runaround from the government. Speaking of the government, let's talk how George Soros, the billionaire financier and the money man behind many Democratic Party policies and agendas that are leftist, that are globalist, and that are not uh, in line, let's say, with the Republican Party or conservative values. He just gave Donald Trump a huge gift for his primary run to become the nominee for the Republican Party in the 2024 general elections. Listen to this. My hope for 2024 is that Trump and Governor DeSantis of Florida will slug it out for the Republican nomination. George Soros, in this speech that he gave with all kinds of ranging topics, wanting President Trump and Ron DeSantis to duke it out for the primary race in the Republican Party. But he's endorsing one of those two as the victor. DeSantis is shrewd, ruthless, and ambitious. He is likely to be a Republican candidate. Soros goes on to say, <laughs> as you can hear there, that DeSantis is shrewd, ruthless, and and ambitious. And that is the man that he says is likely to be the Republican candidate. James, BCP, some of you may be saying, how is this a gift to President Trump? How is this an endorsement? Well, it's an endorsement because he's saying it's going to be DeSantis versus Trump and DeSantis is going to become victorious because of the following reasons he gives why President Trump should not and will not be the eventual nominee. Trump has turned into a pitiful figure, continually bemoaning his loss in 2020. Big Republican donors are abandoning him in droves. So George there is saying that Trump keeps talking about what happened a couple years ago and then he's there's no big donor money behind him. Well, one thing that Mr. Soros hasn't realized or forgets or is not mentioning or is doing this on purpose is the fact that President Trump, more than any other politician, has garnered tons of support at the grassroots level. People support and donate to his PAC to his candidacy, to his campaign, in onesies and twosies. And that President Trump does know how to raise money for his candidacy and for his PAC. He's been very successful at that. As well as helping others raise money as well. And this is not, and this is exactly why we like Trump and want Trump. He is not a big donor magnet beholden to interests other than what 
everyday Americans want. Folks, do you realize how crazy this is? That in the history of the, the, the recent history of politics, where we have been pummeled, destroyed, sidelined, compromised, and pushed aside by mega millionaires and billionaires for their causes, their wealth, their power, that a multi-billionaire comes on the scene, doesn't come on the scene, he's been on the scene, but comes on the scene as a politician and then fights for and does what's right for everyday Americans? Man, do I miss Trump. Not just the covering him in politics is fun. He is a fun individual. Joe Biden is boring. I understand that not everyone's consuming news like they used to because the news is not as exciting as it was under Trump. It's not about that, folks. It's about that secretly or in the open, President Trump was fighting for everyday Americans and he lost tons of wealth in the process. Yet they're still saying that he was after, he, he was doing it to make money and all this other stuff. While we literally have sign after sign evidence and proof that the Biden family once again, Solalinsky-style tactics of the Marxist, you accuse your opponent of, of doing what you're actually guilty of. The one making money out of, out of office and policy were the Bidens, taking a, quite a few lessons from the Clinton Global Initiative. So how is this a gift to Trump? All Trump has to do is play that clip. Play that clip during the primaries, in his rallies, on commercials. Get that clip out. I mean, I, I can write it for him. I, I, can, I, can, I, I can write it for him. Dramatic music. As you go to the polls, Republicans, remember, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has been endorsed by George Soros. Then play the clip. Just play the audio clip of that. DeSantis is shrewd, ruthless, and ambitious. Even George Soros realizes that Ron DeSantis is ruthless and ambitious. Do you want someone the people want or do you want someone who George Soros wants? Trump, 2024. This spot has been paid for by Save America PAC. There you go, political consultants. You can uh, send my uh, fee. You can send my fee to my office in Cottonwood Heights, Utah. For consulting fees, I just gave you your commercial. President Trump, just kidding. You can have it for free. Wow. Yeah, the, I, I don't think this is going to uh, be good for DeSantis. Uh, let, let's see how this uh, gets used. Let's see how this gets used. My hope for 2024 is that Trump and Go Governor DeSantis of Florida will slug it out for the Republican nomination. Trump has turned into a pitiful figure, continually mourning his loss. Big Republican donors are abandoning him in droves. DeSantis is shrewd, ruthless, and ambitious. 
he is likely to be Republican candidate. Wow. By the way, um, it was reported originally by this article. I'm actually looking at this. This was a Washington Examiner saying, in a wide-ranging speech, Soros ripped Trump's presidency and complimented elements of DeSantis' style. Soros, an international financier and philanthropist, typically dumps millions of dollars into political races and committees. He heads a global liberal network of groups pushing climate change, financial reform, and changes to the criminal system. He recently teamed with Charles Koch and Rockefeller Brothers Fund to revive the Iran nuclear deal, according to reports. But I'm looking here at the article uh, from from them and they have a little note at the bottom because uh, I saw this article last night and bring it to you this morning and it's changed and it says an earlier version of the story incorrectly said Charles Koch was working with Soros to revive an Iran arms deal based on reports Koch is not said a spokesman so who knows if that's true or not Washington Examiner does very good journalism and kudos to them for that correction and retraction. Let's go back to D.C. Judiciary Committee ranking member Jerry Nadler announced yesterday that committee Democrats would not attend an official border hearing next week in Arizona, misleadingly claiming there was no consultation with them about it. Folks, have we not known for weeks that Kevin McCarthy has organized and was going to go to the border. We, he said he was going to do this. This was talked about. This is this is uh, public knowledge, but there's more to it. Nadler, along with Representative Pramila Jayapal, who serves as ranking member on the Immigration, Integrity, Security, and Enforcement Subcommittee, said in a statement, quote, Next week, Judiciary Republicans will hold their second stunt hearing on border security. Despite the importance of this issue, there was no consultation with Judiciary Democrats, many of whom have already committed attending other bipartisan congressional delegation trips. Now, the Democrats' claim of lack of consultation comes after Committee Chairman Representative Jim Jordan announced to Nadler and other Democrats the dates of the hearing and that it would take place on the border three weeks ahead of the scheduled event and two weeks earlier than the House rules require. So, Wadler Nadler caught yet again lying. In fact, there's video of Jim Jordan inviting them to join them during their first hearing. Well, and before we adjourn, uh, we want to inform all members about a CODEL our committee will be taking to the border on February 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. Make the minority aware of that. Um, this hearing has made clear some of the problems that we, the real problems that we see at our border and across our country, so we want to make sure we can get down to visit that area uh, here later this month. Well, before we adjourn, uh, we want to inform all members about a CODEL our committee will be taking to the... So there you go. A, another huge lie, open lie by Nadler. All right, folks, we've got some more news that we're tracking and we'll be reporting on throughout the day. Please like, share, and subscribe. Really help us out on YouTube. And if you're watching us on other platforms, Press whatever follow button uh, that there is. Check the show notes for timestamps and links to our other programming. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye, God bless.